0: name of God, who creates, redeems, and sanctifies. Amen. Please sit. So with many other exhortations, he proclaimed the good news to the people. Did you hear good news? Was there good news in that gospel? Can you imagine if I started my sermon with, you brood of vipers? I mean, good morning. (laughs) Nice to see you, too. Doesn't quite give me the warm and fuzzies. Probably not what you expected to hear two-ish weeks before Christmas, right? You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Thanks, John. That's helpful. When I was very, very young, I spent the first year, couple of years of my life um, living with my family on a very big piece of property that had been my grandparents. And in the back of the property, they had run an orchard. So in the summer and in the fall, we always had tons of apples and raspberries and blueberries and all the other things that you might imagine at an orchard. And it was a great place to be a kid and to grow up because you could literally just walk outside and there was all of the fruit of the earth. And towards the front of that orchard was a smallish tree that I was very fond of because I too was very small. And I could get into it really easily. It was sort of low to the ground. And I remember the day that my dad went out to cut it down. I didn't realize what was happening at first. You know, I was probably four or five. But by the time it was on the ground, I knew what was happening. And I went running out, and I was all upset about it. And calm, sweet man that he was, he sits down on the ground with me, and he says, this tree never gave us any apples. It should have. It had deep, strong roots that went into the ground and pulled the nutrients out of the earth. It was water that came from heaven, sunshine that the leaves take in and turn into energy. It had all of the things it needed to produce fruit. All of them, and we gave it a couple of years. It's taller and older than you, he said. But it never produced any fruit. So it's time for us to take it down because those resources it's using could be used by different trees, by different plants, and we could grow something different. We could grow something new that will produce fruit, that will continue with the life cycle that will reproduce and grow and change and be part of creation fully, the way that it should be. And I'll confess that I didn't like that answer at the time, but it's essentially what John is saying to the people who have come out to see him in the wilderness, right? We heard a little bit about John in the wilderness last week and now we get his preaching, his his aggressive sermon about repentance. He's calling people to go be baptized out there and then to live new lives, to put down the patterns of sin and sadness and isolation that keep them from God and from having meaningful relationships with each other. He's inviting them into a different kind of life, to live more faithfully together. And it doesn't sound like it in the gospel, but that's essentially what he's saying. And he's talking about this phrase that I love about bearing fruit that is worthy of repentance. And people have argued for generations what exactly he meant. So there's no actual right answer to that. But I think if we think about who he is and who he's calling us to be, it's a fair bet that that fruit he wants the people of Israel to bear would be proof of the fact that they had repented and chosen to live a different life. The fruit, the gifts, would be proof of the fact that they had been transformed, that they had chosen to do something new with God. So he's calling them to live this very different kind of life and to bear fruit. And in some ways, he's reminding them that like the tree, God gives us everything we need to grow and to bear that fruit. We are built to receive God's love. We are filled over and over with God's presence. We're invited to live in the world as people who believe in hope, as people who believe in kindness and goodness. We're invited to bear that fruit in the world that changes everything around us. And in the middle of the gospel, we get that next piece where it's it's a human piece. Well, John, what about me? What about us? You're telling this to the whole group, so everybody's supposed to do this, but what do I have to do? And the answer to all of those questions is one of balance and justice and fairness. To all of those groups, John says, do your work. Be clear about who you are. Take in the gifts that God has given you, and then do the part that you are supposed to do. If you have power and privilege, don't use that against anyone else. Don't take more than you're supposed to. Take in instead what is yours. Do the work you've been given to do and bear good fruit. There's a Christmas carol that, um, that I love very much called Jesus Christ the Apple Tree. Does anybody know that? I know the choir does, so I'm not turning around to look at them. The two main lines in this carol um, call our attention to the fact that Jesus is the best tree in all of creation. The tree of life my soul has seen, laden with fruit and always green. The trees of nature fruitless be compared with Christ, the apple tree. And the invitation of this gospel, even though it's sort of dressed up in difficult words, is to remember that the good news is that Jesus is coming and that he is the tree that feeds all of us. He comes in order to fulfill the promises of the past, the promises we heard, especially at the end of Zephaniah, when God promises to restore the fortunes of the people of Israel, to bring them home, to gather them in. To us, God makes the same promise, to bring us home, to gather us in, to restore our fortunes. And so the good news of the gospel is that Jesus is coming to fulfill those promises and to show us how to live in such a way that we too can bear fruit. His fruit changes the whole world. Has the capacity to feed the whole world. So he gets to be the most important tree. But if we take this journey seriously... If we take our faith seriously, then the invitation for us is to live like he did and to do the same thing. To bear fruit worthy of repentance. To prepare ourselves for the fact that Jesus is coming and make sure that the fruit that we offer to the world, especially to the people around us, is fruit that sweetens and ripens their lives. Fruit that changes the world around them. Fruit that contributes. And all we have to do to bear that fruit is to take in what God has already given us. To let the roots of our faith dig deep. To take in the Son and the Spirit and the relationships we share with the people around us. To let God's love so root in us that we can't help but share. That's what John ultimately says. Share. Do your own work. And if you have enough, make sure that everyone else has enough too. So, the good news of this gospel is that Jesus is coming. The question is are you ready? Are you bearing fruit that will ripen and sweeten the lives of the people around you? Are you bearing fruit that will help build the kingdom? Are you ready for him to come? Amen.